0: How are we doing buddy? How are things? Hi there Albert, good to be with you again. It's fantastic to be with you again, man. So here we are, one week after we last spoke, correct?
1: Yeah, I I believe so. And yeah, we had uh, such a good time on episode five, we had to do it again. So I'm excited to be on board with you and it should be a fun little dive today.
0: It shall be indeed, but first of all, how does the day find you? How are you, man? Uh,
1: Finds me pretty well, finds me pretty well. Yeah, how are you doing?
0: Not bad, man, because, again, remember, the hype comes in waves. We're in the safe space. And literally off the bat, I just imagined you. And I get very, th- I, they're almost like, you know, in Minority pr- the report, like the precogs, like they have these visions. I just had a flash forward of like us around about this time next year, having fully explored. Well, not fully, obviously, because there's always going to be, if there's the Lance McDonald's of the world, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And the Elden Ring podcasts of the world, you know, that will just be endlessly diving into these worlds. First of all, uh, I will this is a tangent within a tangent, but basically, so from we have this uh, bottomlessness to what Miyazaki does, when you take away detail, it invites inquiry. And what you have is a world that essentially feels un- completely, ultimately unsolvable, and ultimately mm. unresolvable. And that was what we had, uh, that's what we had to work with leading up to Elden Ring. And then now Elden Ring is an open world version of that. Like basically, Vati eternally employed, Dave Control eternally employed, right? You and I will be fine. It's going to be good, you know? um and then closing the second tangent is i just you know because one thing is this groups thing which we've learned from the miyazaki interviews i'm actually gonna ping you on ps5 or whatever you're playing on Mm -hmm. and i'll be like dude let's go you know (laughs) the lands between Yeah, yeah right and then so you can help me out on something right and that's gonna be fucking rad i'll be like dude i have just been bashing my head against valkyrie for the fucking millionth time on so and so difficulty or whatever. So. Um, I get yeah big big hype tastic flashes like that. Do you get that sometimes? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it was yeah, it was interesting to learn that what we were
1: seeing in the trailer, uh, the player character smashing that stone, and you know I thought that that was confirming co op and PVP, which which we know is in the game, but that seems to be this other summoning mechanic yeah. that Miyazaki's talked about so it's like you know little nuggets like that you begin to wrap your head around and it's like man this is going to be wild like imagine banking a summons for a you know particularly challenging moment in the game And uh, I mean, you would just feel like a maestro running into battle, unleashing one of those, casting spells, wielding some kind of crazy melee weapon. Uh, Yeah, like you said, endless. 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 We can only begin to imagine. And, And I think it's been interesting to see from software since the summer game fest trailer and release day reveal continuing to share unique screenshots and lore related captions on social media and then obviously miyazaki's pretty thorough uh interviews were a surprise too um, yeah. it's, it's been interesting to see them continuing to share content with us
0: well i need to just come in here as as an introvert and i absolutely assume miyazaki is an introvert himself to the point of on that right right or most side of the introvert spectrum that takes it into recluse and takes it into mm-hmm. that Willy, Won- Willy Wonka territory uh, and and um w- when I'm, list- I'm reading this IGN article he is so effervescent he's like I'm glad you asked me that you know <laughs> it's just like uh, it's just it's so heartening and I made a couple of posts I-, I tagged you and Katie shout out to fucking Katie who is joining us for an upcoming episode uh, you can see the details later um porn underscore uh with underscore katie pwn rad rad individual and as recommended by this amazing individual (laughs) who if you're listening for the first time stop listening now go to the first one so you can get that full you've entered the terror pop verse moment which was the last episode and that's this guy that i'm on this show that i'm lucky enough to be on this show with i i've also um had your stuff on loop and stuff man uh, and uh, your Elden Ring breakdown is fucking rad, <laughs> as expected. Again, one thing that you come to the Elden Ring podcast for is I go out there with the tangents, and then him tear Pop the uh, the grounded economy of expression. You know, I just—it's a good interplay, man. And uh, yeah, I am vibing what you're doing with with terrible. I cannot wait to start seeing people click into all this stuff, which I've already started seeing a bit. Um, we do the—I founded the Elden Ring uh, countdown subreddit which we're almost up to 30 people now and i'm updating it every day it, it is that little prompt for me it, it helps because we're all infected at the moment we're all tarnished with hype <laughs> tarnished with hype man so but anyway yeah so honestly like just go right now terrapop youtube TerraPop, fucking uh patreon like this guy is putting out stuff that it's like it's criminal that uh we, we we're not like we're not seeing him on the Whatever that uh and it's your it's your destiny, frankly, that sort of Vati sphere that uh you know, um, yeah, man. The uh oh, the see the thing is with Zel- with Zeltic, for example, yeah, Zeltic is there. Then but you, then you also have Commonwealth Realm. And then you also have like, you know, Silvermont and and, and Mitch and stuff like there, Mitch L, they're there, but what you do with uh how you make your content, man, is um uh there's there's a structure to it there is um i think especially got coming off of what we spoke about in the first episode mm-hmm. there's something methodical and there's something very like again it's the combat combat specialist's mind like i can really dig it's like very systematic very strategic and you pair that with what is soon to be a just endless incoming amount of material i say this to sean i sent sean an email uh, earlier today as well Just fucking get ready to have like end of year conversations of like, shit, I need to like either quit job or whatever. Like, you're gonna get so much activity, man. So, and I will see to it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I appreciate that, Albert. I appreciate that. And yeah, and it's been like I, like I, you know, talked about in the last
1: episode. I mean, my channel's pretty, pretty new. Um, You know, this is a relatively new venture for me. And yeah, just in the last two months, I've seen some, some really, I've gotten some really nice traction, some great engagement. Um, you know, I was happy to even see our last episode. You know, on YouTube alone, you know, getting over two hundred views and you know some nice comments on YouTube, on on Reddit, and you know, again, relatively new podcast as well. So, uh, yeah, man, it's 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 great. And there's yes, yeah, st- still reeling. We talked yeah. about that in the last episode. Um, still reeling, uh, but. Yeah man it's it's such an exciting time there's yes. there's so much to comb through so much to think about and you know my my favorite part of the Miyazaki IGN interview mm-hmm. was I actually have the the quote right here he said after my 10 years or so of directing games this really feels like a culmination of everything that I've enjoyed about game development and everything I've brought to this point. I really hope that, as a fan of the games, you'll enjoy it.
0: Oh uh, my! End quote. God.
1: I mean, that's that's amazing, and he's so humble and modest and you know thoughtful in these interviews but to hear him say that that to him because that's what we were sensing this feels like a culmination to us and to hear him confirm that and you can just sense his excitement too in the interviews like he can hardly he's trying to be the professional gentleman but he can he can barely contain it himself
0: you said it man and and we're all sort of collectively feeling that if you were if he was if he was be like the um that kind of lord or whatever imagery wise then we'd be like those arms like fe- like following his movements and he's this like uh, that's what i feel like it's like we're being brought on a very intimate thing like this is him engaging with his earliest influences man i was just uh in pre- prepping and stuff uh, i had uh, uh danny Avedan's um king's quest playthroughs right and you're hearing some of that you know all the lands between and, and like that really like imagination sweeping kind of uh, sense and also <laughs> i love george on that little interview folks if you haven't seen it i might cut to it in the edit now
2: i know that you've recently been a part of a developing a video game um and it seems to me like it's sort of a natural fit for a fantasy fiction writer to work on a video game how is that you know different from what we know you for working on well, it, it actually, is considerably different. I've, I've played some video games. I'm not a big video gamer. Uh, but uh, the, the game is called The Elden Ring, and it's a, a sequel to a, a video game that came out a few years ago called Dark Souls, and it came out of uh, Japan. My work on it was actually done years ago. Um, they, these games, they're like movies. They take a long time to develop. Basically, they wanted a, a world created to set the game in. They wanted uh, world building as a big factor in in fantasy and science fiction, you're not only talking about the characters and the plot, but you the setting is almost as important as everything else. Tolkien's Middle Earth, Robert E. Howard's Hyborian Age, uh, the Foundation universe of Isaac Asimov. I worked up a, you know fairly detailed uh, background for them, and then they took it there from there. So you know, I really it's been several years since I've last seen them, but they would come in periodically and show me some monsters they designed or the latest special effects or uh, the cool things. But the game has been very slowly developing and now it's, it's coming out in January, I believe. So I'll be as excited as anybody else to, uh, to see it. And so there you go, he calls it, uh, the
0: Elden Ring, which I fucking love. Yeah. <laughs> I got the imagery then of like, yeah, George R. R. Martin, you know, The Elden Ring. And it's like a novella, you know, it, it, it feels like he as much as it was something that he did a while ago. Uh, that was something he was approached for. We also need to open a bracket and say, this is pretty unusual of such a high profile. It's like someone going up to like George Lucas and saying, hey, can you help me not with Star Wars, but can you help me with my own story? And then George Arman, you know, lowers his glasses. okay, gets his little teacher pen and says, oh, I see here. Well, here's here's my suggestion. It's talk about surreal. (laughs) it really is man
1: yeah and him and him mentioning he's like oh yeah i did that work years ago did you see that that
0: yeah yeah that's right
1: which it would make sense i mean if if miyazaki started working on this right at the end of the ring city dlc for dark souls Mm -hmm. 3 i mean martin might have done most of his writing in you know 2017 2018 and oh yeah he's uh you know he's just been off doing his own thing since then so hearing him say oh yeah i'm excited to see what comes of it mm-hmm. you know just like the rest of us and yeah i i like that catch the elden ring uh, it's also yeah. the lord of the rings as well yes. and everybody always says lord of the rings but it is the lord of the rings so yeah. we're getting you know into the semantics here uh, yeah i liked no. that touch too
0: absolutely um so uh i have never actually pulled up uh you know in the middle of a show just to kind of check so on the last one we have obviously a diff- couple of different audiences but i figured i'd show you we have 260 uh on the anchor app there the the folks listening to the um uh yeah and 936 plays total and 181 people just in the podcast verse man so thank you awesome the- Anchor app, kind of keeping track of all that really, really handy, Uh, jumped on them about like maybe two or so years ago. Within a month of me jumping on them, I don't know if i had like been like the Herald bearer or whatever, the the standard bearer, but I I, I sort of, I jumped on. And and we're not sponsored, by the way. I just fucking love this app. It simplified my OCD-tastic brain. I was actually undiagnosed, but I straight up had OCD in 2005. It's why I really love managing this many things. Uh, And basically... um, yeah uh when i when i when i um signed up to it immediately after spotify bought them so now and again, we're not sponsored by Spotify, but the episode does go immediately on Spotify because it's the first service and then it auto-populates everywhere. Um, a little housekeeping thing, if it isn't on your outlet, just let us know. Uh, it's uh, Albert Kessa, A-L-B-E-R-T-C-H-E-S-A on Twitter and also Elden Ring Show on Twitter. And then uh, Terra Pop is Terra Tweets over on Twitter as well. Start engaging with us. We love, um, you know, reading out questions and, and all that good stuff, you know, you've seen it. Uh, Because, again, the Tarnished, we can do this together. We really can. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I suppose in terms of wrapping up with that, because what we're about to head into, folks, is, Mm -hmm. ready? Gathering the Shards. Last episode was the prelude. right? It was this, you know, meeting of Tara and I, frankly, in this grand chronicle that we're creating. uh, And that you're all joining us on, too, because you're all beside us, you know the vibes and uh you know i just love someone said when they were looking at the trailer it's like yeah those spectral they, they now they look like ghosts they don't look like a player a player mesh at like 50 opacity with a bit of blue thrown on <laughs> like i feel like that that person you know i love that um but yeah we're, we're entering this uh um 12 part um, analysis of the trailer and then again it's not going to be um you know obsessively you know I know we have that beautiful image and that is so self-fucking reverential like uh, referential like thank you we just have an actual character in the trailer going you know very Gandalf at the beginning of uh fellowship you know reading you yeah. know the year 34 34 of the second age here follows the account of Isildur you know um yeah yeah
1: the animation is is wonderful like how frantic that yeah the character looks and he's trying to read through the helm and it's it's pretty funny honestly yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely so we'll be doing that and basically it won't be completely obsessive or anything into that one you know day, you know oh what is the history of this coin because then that will just you know we uh, although you and i we both totally could do that but no it's actually going to be more as like every 15 seconds launches into just a discussion based on the imagery shown. As long as we do a little bit of an acknowledgement of what that 15 seconds presents, Mm -hmm. then we're good to go. But otherwise, for example, we've got uh, Casey coming on on the third one. There's not too much combat in there, even though she's a combat person, we'll probably end up talking about combat anyway. So it's just this premise, you know, it's a lovely little kind of neat sub series, which will take us all the way to September, which is, you know, beautifully when we have Tokyo Game Show, which uh, the best Tokyo Game Show of all time, was the the old hunters right um when we got to see <laughs> that was amazing I, I i don't think there's ever been a took a, t- a game show better than that and in november this year we're going to be doing some bloodborne podcast stuff because the elden ring podcast is part yeah. of the miyazaki podcast network which is a sub network to the Albuquerque podcast network so you're going to be on that one it's going to be great the Yanamites getting together and speaking of Yanam, because that was their sort of main thing and I, I love them so much for it to the point where they have mascot is this lovely, cartoony abortus, you know, I love it. Obviously, I'm talking about Sinclair Law. The reason why I was an extra five minutes on recording dude is um, that fucking Soul Reaver episode, apparently having five people on a Zoom call means that, um, yeah, the internet will slap you in the face here in Australia with just, it's gonna be about, I'm not, I hope you're sitting down, 50, five-oh hours upload for this one episode. And so... (laughs) Yeah, and so I was stressing to make sure that I could still record with it. And I, I managed to figure it out. So she's wonderful, Sinclair is amazing, as great as you see her out there on the amazing channel there with Sophie. And yes, uh the feelers have been put out to, to bring them on either in the sub-series or following that. So um yeah, I'll just kind of turn to you Brady Bunch style, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what do you reckon, dude, of um leading us you know, week by week, again, pending your availability, taking the tarnished along with us to September. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, it sounds it sounds good, man. I, I, I like the idea of this, you know, gathering the shards, the shards being these fifteen second increments of this mm-hmm. new trailer and yeah. Uh, you know, like we previously discussed, this trailer is so dense that you really can dissect it bit by bit yeah. like this. And I don't think, you know, that's to suggest that as you said, we're trying to like crack a Da Vinci code here or no. something, but it is a testament to the rich game design by From Software. There's just so much to think about. So it should be really fun to break things down, speculate a bit. And yeah, yeah I mean, I would imagine even after September, you know, as we get into January and beyond, I mean, the podcast could maybe even take on, you know, new life at that point once. Inside. Oh, it will.
0: I've got lots of other. I mean, that's just, you know, the ga- hey, <clears throat> gathering the shards ready. And this is that Alan Wake moment of like, it's not a lake, it's an ocean ready. Gathering the shards is chapter one. <laughs> all right. So there you go. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in that sort of September to January lead up. Uh, a very special time indeed. You and I will kind of bang heads together and be like what's gonna be something lovely we can do with anything if it is revealed because if it isn't and miyazaki goes back into willy wonka mode and all we do have is this trailer until january i don't think so i did make a comment i mean we never never want to assume but i did make a a little article on the subreddit about the miyazaki cycle how special it is like every couple every two three years we have that complete you know absence that withdrawal that they go and they work nothing and they and they and they honestly mean it in the age of instant gratification nothing and then sometimes at an event thank you jeff Keeley. jesus fucking christ um we'll just get this feast you know from the fast to the feast and uh, i remember sending you that on instagram sorry and, and um, an email and and then from there, if we were to, it's fairly, he's it's pretty he's pretty regular with once that cycle has begun. If I remember with Sekiro, we should be getting like the Game Informer cover at some point. Um, and then, yeah, maybe another little mini interview with a couple of extra details. And another thing I put out there, it's been quite a bit of like, uh, just kind of, I haven't been able to help it really. It's not me trying to like get content for the show. I just, myself, the individual, I was just... Uh, cropping away and just I noticed like Yakul for example she has like a little kind of bit of gold gilded effect at the base of her horns and um, all kinds of little details which we're going to get into now but um, but you've caught me up on like how things have been just you uh, with the channel was there before we dive into um, uh, part one of uh, gathering the shards uh, the lands between did you have anything from just the past week of Elden Ringian activity that you wanted to share with the listeners man
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm really just waiting to see if they announce any special editions of the game for pre-order, you know, the game, the game can be pre-ordered already from almost any retailer, but I'm holding off. Um, I tend to find a lot of special editions of games these days to be silly and overpriced and underwhelming, you know, ultimate edition, legendary edition. But when we're talking from software, sign me up for the silliness For the crazy, over-the-top, you want it all here. It is edition. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's something I've been I've been thinking about a little bit. Um, and I'm you were kind of talking about the timeline there, and you know, with Tokyo Game Show, and you know, in these months leading up to January, I'm not I'm not sure what the timeline will be like, and I'm not sure Miyazaki has felt that he's been so generous to us in the last few weeks, and yeah. will that go away? Will we go back to famine? uh (laughs) maybe i'm not sure
0: but what i will say is i drew a a meta parallel between and i like to do this it's not some you know uh pseudo intellectual whatever it's i just i enjoy it because it, it it rings true to me so basically miyazaki is his games in that he understands the sense of how satisfying it is to finally achieve the thing and also how growth catalyzing it is to have something which you thought would happen which no 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 guess what you were you were about two pixels of health left on uh you know the last vicar and then you're dead with sixty thousand souls or something and then his thing is to ask you in that moment you were having fun things were great and now nothing so what are you going to do and That's how these games actually legitimately, psychologically, behaviorally so amazing for like coming, like being beside yourself there, not in the sort of I'm crazy kind of thing, but like coming to your own, like keeping yourself near and being like, actually, there's going to be a way for whatever. And obviously there's way crazier problems in the world now, first world wise, than uh, than like worrying about games and stuff. But again, the best of art is the stuff it teaches us that we can then take into and become more emotionally resilient and resourceful people in the real world that kind of thing so uh another teensy bit of housekeeping based on just what i was saying i uh received approval from melbourne games week uh, creative victoria to um give a talk at uh acme uh museum of the moving image uh, this october for melbourne game week or melbourne games week melbourne international games week and uh yeah two-hour presentation one hour will be uh two screens, me discussing the medium and how it is the most empathy engaging and like the future of art, legitimately not as some fanboy thing. It's like, well, we are immersing more into tech just as a matter of course, we're le- relying on it more. The most tech adjacent art form is games, incorporates it and uses it the most. Um, so it's all very kind of like objective and stuff. And I want to just touch on this before we dive in isn't? because we are about to go into it. On the surface, it looks extremely fanboyish. Like, oh, they're breaking down 15 seconds. We are both, we just we want it's an art form simple as that and everything presented here symbolically uh and in terms of you know whatever you read about like oh the analyzing the formal qualities of art that will come into it too but um uh and that's why oh, and another little thing i'll say is when you say this thing of uh, buying the super duper edition i mean again for me i'll be doing that i'll probably if there's a statue i might see if oh do you want the statue or whoever like for me i like the the art book and like the little collectible Mm kind of like coins and stuff and the reason why i'd be going for that is it's simple it's vote with your money like if you want to see more Mm -hmm. titles of that level of care and attention and density and like they're actually here to say something and do something great for the art form and for people and not to mention from software's incredible like you know community galvanizing qualities as well Vote with your mind, like, just make, and that's why um, both Tara and I, and I'm sure Vati and all the others out there are making this, like, they're making plans, like, as soon as it's, there you go. Y- the Yorm edition, I think, was the ultimate super duper for Dark Souls 3. I'm looking at my um, Nightmare edition there. Um, did you pick up any of the sort of, that's it, like, the very max editions for any of the other FromSofts fans?
1: I did for DS3.
0: Yeah, the Yorm. DS- you went the Yorm for DS3?
1: not not i can't i actually can't remember which because i have a couple editions of the game the first one i bought was on xbox and then i bought a couple subsequent editions but i i know i've been day one with the last with the pretty much every game since ds2 okay so um yeah i but I'm I'm with you. I mean, an art book would be amazing. I love that official artwork art artworks book of Bloodborne. Yeah. Um, that's works. a great one. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's you. You just want more insight. You know, you want that glimpse. So that's
0: right. that's right, dude. And then another thing I put out there, which we'll get to later in the middle of the trailer, we'll talk about what possibly could be Miyazaki's traditional or semi-traditional like twist in the middle. You know, the uh, the unseen. Sorry, the um, the amygdala moment. You know, the Mm. The hidden village moment in Secure, like when things shift and add and gain a new dimension to them—literally new dimensions in Blood in Bloodborne's case. Um, so we're yeah putting that feeler out there. We'll come to that when it's time. But man, without further ado, if you have the trailer in front of you, mm-hmm. um, I've just been scrubbing through it like second by second. So um, if we're good to go, we're good to go, right? Yep, I have it pulled up, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to go now. Absolutely. So I didn't quite. Sh- count how many i think about 170 shots (laughs) the fact that i'm even close to that shows you that i've been going through shot by shot because i'm doing the countdown posts and it just so happens that even if they don't release any other screenshots i've got most of that 200 days sorted for that because i like to do the different background for each of the days that are left um but yeah man our opening shot the shot that caused (laughs) amazing reactions around the world Uh, Maybe the next one might be the one where it's like, because we see the titles, um, it's going to be this gauntlet and this horse, this horse's nose have become very famous (laughs) because remember... It's so easy now in the post-SGF to be like, oh, yeah, the trailer. And you're already seeing the internet do its thing and the instant gratification era do its thing of moving on to the next and talk about right. Starfield and all that stuff. But I will never forget. you, As you said, I completely fucking agree. The fucking reveal. We can even <laughs> briefly mention that. It's like the best game reveal of all time for me, right? Come on.
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. It sounds hyperbolic. It's, no. it's really not, though. There's been a lot of great game reveals over the years. But when you think about like what a game reveal aspires to be, mm. this was it, you know, this mm. had the ingredients, it capped off the show and, and just the quality of the trailer, man. We've seen a lot of trailers, uh, some gameplay, some cinematic over the last couple of weeks. And I don't oh man, I, nothing compares to this for me. It's it's so special. So yeah, I I'm, I'm pumped to dive in here
0: there you go man for sure well obviously with this opening uh shot the one thing that jumped out at me which again because we're going at this deliberate pace which brackets such a dense trailer Miyazaki, mean, uh, his sensibilities is he's like he honors the opportunity he has and that young japanese kid who is like oh my god look at all the details and all the rpg books i'm gonna add everything everywhere like a lot of we learned from the interviews he's written a lot of the item descriptions himself like that's that's mm-hmm. how you know and, and so with this uh as we're going through i just noticed i had not noticed before uh, is that whole room is is flooded there's a bit of it's just you know and that makes me think that this uh, your your character has been you know cast maybe somewhere and and yeah you know, it just doesn't seem like somewhere where um you'd sort of have like quarters or anything or maybe an, an abandoned some abandoned ruins or something so any comments on the fact that like the whole place is like straight up flooded yeah that
1: that is an interesting observation and and we obviously see that sort of sunken castle ruins in the trailer as well um that kind of remind me of the range city too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely gonna be water in this world and and I I don't know how far that goes, but it, it is interesting that we appear to be in a very dark, dank, torchlit, lit uh, cavern or den of sorts. It's interesting how so much of the gameplay footage we saw takes place in these outdoor spaces, big skies, foliage, mm-hmm. and here we almost appear to be underground or or something yes.
0: yes that's that's true i just thought of you know how Sekiro took us you know with the carps and stuff you could swim nothing much has been said about um elden ring's component of swimming and uh, we are but the thing is as confirmed in some of these recent tweets and uh, instagram posts of how we will be exploring the branches you know the heavens of the earth tree and also its roots um And so then that leads me to think, well, you know, you go underground, that's caverns, that's underwater lakes, feels very sensible since you're incorporating uh, and sorry, not sensible, but um, it follows logically that bringing in the stealth room, for example, from, from Sekiro and the presumably, you know, with Yakul very agile, adding that sort of agility and, and mobility to, to the tarnish where, you know, you'll be able to jump yourself, but imagine, okay, so you're mounted like. Yakul straight up that's why she I think she has some resemblance to sort of a goat because goats have um, like that ability to climb like this is something that in the natural world is it's very surreal when you see these like, you know, ungulate like quadrupedal like they just look we associate with cows, we associate with like horses, which is like, yeah, they're, you know, especially with horses, like they're agile, but they're not, you know, in the the vertical sense, but goats, Mm -hmm. like they're like some of the best climbers on the planet. So I wonder if there may be some upgradable aspects to like how how sheer the cliff is that we can actually like climb up, you know, and goats, that's straight up, look up any footage of some of these mountain, again, horned and everything. It's the shaggy kind of quality, again, would not have a you know gone into that sort of speculative territory if we weren't going at this uh, deliberate of a of a pace. But any thoughts on uh, Yakul's um, ability to yeah like traverse in that sort of goat like way? Well,
1: yeah, yeah. The the animal that came to mind for me was an ibex, yeah. um, you know, kind of like a, a cross between a horse and an ibex, which is you know pretty pretty similar to a goat. And yeah, the community has taken to to calling this mount Yakul, and and we talked a little bit about that. in in the last episode. I'm actually not familiar with that animated movie though, but it sounded like you were. Can you explain that?
0: Of course, absolutely so. Uh, Released by the man who shares a name with Hidetaka Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki, uh, Princess Mononoke, I believe in the the late 90s or the early 2000s. And uh, a story of, uh, again, uh, a character who has an, an element of them being corrupted in some way and being on a quest to, you know, channel that or have that be a part of like their sort of you know um very revelatory it's very symbolic very powerful and i think it's interesting that not so many uh you know apart from this amazing yakul maybe yakul is what we needed as has this bridge for the two miyazaki groups to talk to each other finally okay. it's like that yak the symbolic yak yak leap you know uh, but but yeah so there's some um, horned creature I would say about the size of, yeah, like maybe like a super large, like Destria, like a um, uh, you, you sort of you sort of draft horse is very, very huge, but super agile. So it, it just takes what's what we have, as you said, the ibex but it just adds a little bit of a twinge, enough to the point where I've frankly said, you know, Princess Mononoke, open world, like RPG like that, that creates itself. And Breath of the Wild in many, in many ways is seen as that. Um, and so there's some of the themes, some of the imagery there, but yeah, basically you're basically your constant companion in the story of, of the protagonist of, uh, princess Mononoke. And, uh, that's why, um, I've called her your, your cutie because she, when you look at the, like from the front, she looks like it's like a, almost like a donkey. Like it's very, very adorable, <laughs> but, but she's also doesn't give a fuck. Like she's biting dragons. She's like, all right, I'm a fucking reindeer now prancing away from the flames that could easily singe me into oblivion. Um, that aggro relationship i've heard people be like don't don't fuck with her and like i actually said as a a teaser because like i i name although elden ring might seize that title uh the last guardian as my just favorite work of any creativity film music whatever um and because it's about uh teaching patience you know but you know i don't think frankly that from are going to stray into that uh with that sense of like needing to like do what i say and I, I think she's going to be very kind of mechanical very sort of trained in everything uh, and uh and i actually said oh you know who's who's trico like look at this cutie right here like she's so great like and so and then someone said hey don't you know don't throw shade and it's like okay cool well i said they can coexist and you're like why are you taking this aside Albert? It's like well someone at the very bottom we were in, the, in reddit like riffing the horned aspect i have two things first this person brought the idea of um uh an eco tribute because as we know miyazaki is you know an adherent uh, a devotee like a, an acolyte, um of 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 fumiso ueda who, who who created eco and uh so what are thoughts on on just that very simple aesthetic thing they'll serve no mechanical function whatsoever but just oh your horse has horns as a tribute to like you know, how in all of Ico's story, like in Ueda's stories, there's always like a horned creature of some kind. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's a really good observation, Albert. And
0: I, I think even
1: in some of the wider shots of the lands between that we see in the trailer, I feel like you can see the shadow of the Colossus influence there mm. um, that Ueda. You know, I mean, I, you see with the Legend of Zelda as well, Ije and Numa, like, I feel like Miyazaki is clearly leaning into some of his other influences, which is really cool.
0: Hmm, for sure. I want to ask you permission here. You're represented on the left side of me in the icon, but when we're analyzing the trailer, cause I take it, you won't be going camera, right? Obviously it's fine. Uh, I can use that to have the trailer going. Is that cool while you- while you're Oh, focused. absolutely, Excellent. absolutely, Albert. Excellent, no worries. Um, the other thing with with Yakul, as I mentioned, there were two of them that I put out there, which received no down, with no upvotes, uh, which I totally find, is that I believe that uh, you know, <laughs> Hitataka likes to put, um, I guess, hints in in plain sight, you know, secrets in plain sight, and I just had this notion, this maybe I can clip this out, play it later if I'm right, but that. Horned horse, interesting. Spirit horse, interesting. Um, could those horns basically be like it's like something peeking through, and you sort of later in the mid-game you pull up and this she turns into a dragon. That's my that's my theory, is that <laughs> and and like people like, shut up, and that's fucking ridiculous. And and it's like, well, what if though? Like, what if um that could be like I just love that sense of something being teased and like you don't even think about it. It's like, oh yeah, my horse has horns, but then like you know seven tenths into the story you know yakul drinks from some sacred you know pool of the golden order and then remember because we are recovered tarnished who knows if the tarnished at this stage were like dragon riders and like when we were exiled the dragon was because again Miyazaki he's very you know surreal like your dragon was t- turned into a horse and your hair went white and you lost the luster from your eyes and you know, it seems very fairy taley to, like, transform, you know, like, um I think in Disney they have that. It's like, they actually do, sorry, in, like, Cinderella or whatever, like, a mouse gets turned into a horse or something, or whatever, like, there, there mm-hmm. could be something kind of fairy taley to that, and then once you've really, like, come back into yourself as this tarnished who uh, is part of the Golden Order or whatever, then that same sort of uh, return to her true self occurs for Yakul, because of, just because of how close she is. If she was, um... Just in that mechanical realm, uh, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, you know, needlessly speculating on that. But just because she's going to be with you the whole way, I would love to sort of see that uh, as. A, so, what do you reckon? <laughs> do you think I'm crazy or what? What's no, no, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. I mean, uh, who knows?
1: Maybe Yakul's legs turn into wheels and we have a motorcycle. I love Breath of the Wild. I mean, I'd, that's probably less likely. But... You're mocking me now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But. But I, you know, I am, I am wondering here, Albert. You know, looking at these opening frames, can I can't see the horns though. Do we, do we know if the the Ooh. the mount here that our maiden in black is sitting atop is this the mount that Yakul yeah, cool, will will call oh, her? Gee, yeah. do, is this the same mount we see the player character riding during the oh. gameplay footage?
0: That is interesting. Well, there you go. Uh, that's something where where if we go to the next frame, which I think we might, in terms of other details, look, I, I made a mention earlier of like his armor looking like he has hair coming out. That's fine. It just looks like uh, scuffs. You know, um, uh, or maybe even just a tuft of grass clipping through because guess what? From Software sees your concern of like aliasing and clipping and literally just goes, fuck off. We don't care if my cape clips through my fucking sword. If a tuft of grass in my debut trailer is clipping through the goddamn armor, <laughs> that's a dude, Tara, that's a fucking tuft of grass, isn't it? Come on, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, I saw some people complaining about the, you know, much later in the trailer, the our our red haired lady, you know, a little bit of clipping I think on yes. her armor and it was um, yeah, it's it it's it's there. There's always just a little bit of jank in in, in you know, from software's games, but yeah, I mean,
0: to the oh point well. where I think that they're like, you know what? we could easily fix this, but fuck you because you keep noting. like and I think it's a bit of their trademark though, although I do like that uh, as was noticed in a few analyses, analyses that we are gonna get, you know, instead of just the mute sort of telepathic, communication i think we'll, we will get a bit of facial animation with this one so yeah right. terra helped me come full circle away from like that isn't any that's not like something coming out of the armor that is straight up like i just love the balls of that it's like oh yeah first shot of an insanely highly anticipated trailer 730 days oh yeah clipping in the very first fucking shot so um well and in this gauntlet this this arm
1: i presume belongs to the player character yeah. Um, yeah, if, if I would do it, that. If not, who is this? who's the horse nudging? You know. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, I but think I would it, assume
1: it's the it's the player character. But it's course. interesting because later in the trailer, we actually get a glimpse of a very Legend of Zelda looking hand grabbing what appears to be the player character. I think that's given away by the signature Dark Souls loincloth. So that makes me think that this opening scene in the trailer may not be from the very beginning of the game. I mean, it certainly could be, but it makes me wonder if if this moment, the, the horse nudging the gauntlet, if this plays out immediately following the player character's first death. Mm. Uh, the player character's first death is more or less scripted In many Soulsborne games, like Bloodborne and Demon Souls come to mind, dying and being transported to the Hunter's Dream or to the Nexus. So I wonder if there's any chance that's what we're seeing here.
0: Mm, I think so. Um, Yeah, as soon as we see the camera later in in the next shots to follow, it it sort of has that same beginning of Bloodborne blurriness and yeah I think we're I think we're definitely looking at that and I love that there's a parallel of that they didn't have to open on that uh the idea of that we're starting the trailer where we're going to be starting is the tarnish which is uh metatextually or whatever like metatastically you know I'm sure Miyazaki knows that, like, people can't wait to play Elden Ring. And so, just to kind of add that, like, hey, here's like a little bit of what the actual start will be at the very start of the trailer. Like, it's, I oh, think, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He has his fingerprints all over the editing of this one for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and I I shared that sense about Bloodborne there too. Yeah. This this the, this scene reminds me of that opening bleary-eyed scene in Yusefka's clinic yeah. during which the old blood minister performs a transfusion on the player character, that POV perspective, that sense that you're waking up to yeah. something or, yeah. or maybe yeah. falling asleep, uh, one or the other. It's it 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 has that vibe for sure.
0: Uh, can you give me uh, your uh, score, my um, Blood Minister impression, please? Is that okay? You ready? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> I had to. That's that's, that's that's good. I'll give you a solid seven for that. Yanam is the home of Blood Ministration. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Hey, he's, he's great. He's great. We never see him again either. I know. What happened to old, old giant weird hat? you know again <laughs> so many weird hats in from stuff amazing that was too generous by the way that was at most a two out of ten you're <laughs> way too kind um yeah so this is a very beautiful- my second episode i gotta
1: you know i gotta be careful here
0: uh, yeah you're fine dude you're fine um we will see this through to the end uh come on <laughs> man the tarnished you know that the quest never ends do you realize like thank you holy fuck. and in the interviews you know he's talking about like yeah George R. R. Martin, he gave us that name. He's and he was so proud. He was like, it's. It honestly is like after meeting George Lucas, someone, you know, they go and get some advice or whatever. And like a, a Dave Filoni, fuck it. Okay, just to open up a bit of like comparisons, just to give you the idea. So obviously they're working in their own thing with Star Wars or whatever. But if you could see that dynamic of like, yeah, like this is someone whose stories he admires and that he that influenced him. And in that interview, he's like, yeah. It's like my father almost said like dad gave me that name <laughs> you know like the lands between and it was just yeah it's infectious it really is just how excited he is that uh you know and that's what he gave him the, the all of these i'll just we'll, we'll run through them really quickly so the elements that are definitively from martin are the lands between the premise of the story which is queen marica that name comes from martin um and then the you know queen of uh, you know those are the children of marika which is the i call them the rune bearers like the ones that actually have the great runes mm-hmm. um and i actually was doing a post on reddit of who are the confirmed rune bearers you know who, who, who what are we looking at here and uh, i say well Obviously, multi-armed man has to be one. Like, he, he just reeks of mm. Rune Bearer with his, like, you know, I command the Neil, get away. You're not taking my power. Very very sort of Princes of Lothric style. Like, get out of here. I'm i am mm. ruling the world how I want it. So he's definitely one. But then with the, the Black Lion Knight, uh, could just possibly be a lieutenant of some kind. Uh, we can go through. I've, I've memorized most of them. Uh, give me your take, man, on, because, again, omnidirectional. We can go anywhere we have wolf knight which is beautifully painted on the ins- instagram we posted a beautiful painting like that mm. one there you know the berserk and then we have a lion knight with the black armor and and someone pointed out it's like that is a feline face so any relation between these sort of uh, animoid or uh like uh yeah like the the, the animal headed uh, creatures of you know with the digitigrade legs there's not like an aragonian situation like they are fully right. fully um you know like animals but but with armor and stuff like what, what is your thought on that premise of these like animal species or humanoid animals in um in Elden Ring I, I liked seeing it for sure. I, I
1: liked seeing. I mean, it felt like we were seeing a lot of animals and monsters and, and creatures in the trailer. And I think, like you said in the last episode, that this this game may just be Miyazaki unleashed. And and I think, I mean, based on the trailer, it seems that way. And and in Martin too. I mean, this is you know a lot of uh, a Song of Ice and Fire was Martin holding back on those high fantasy elements, right? They were more peripheral. So yeah. I think even he has that opportunity here to just run wild with the high fantasy stuff and Never. and yeah I, I I don't know about the wolf knight I couldn't tell it's like is this you know is this an enemy is this a boss is this the player character Directive. in beast form is this you know and, the, and then the boss the clear boss you know I kind of you I think you said lion I I, I think my at first glance for me was like is that like a panther like right some kind of feline yeah. boss um, makes me think of Bloodborne immediately—the movement, the speed, the aggressiveness—and mm. I think that's a good guess. Yeah, maybe a lieutenant of some kind, a lesser bot, you know, a, mm. a dancer or a vort or something like that. Mm. Uh, Very
2: but
1: true. yeah, I, I love the—I uh, love all the animals, though. The animals, the monsters—it feels fun. It
0: feels horror-like.
1: It feels mm. kind of body horror-like. Like, I, I don't know. It's—it's it's really exciting.
0: Mm, we might even get down the line because as you know with Miyazaki he he sometimes holds back on certain terms but we'll Mm -hmm. learn of Karim we'll learn of these distant lands um you know where uh, um yeah like one thing I quite liked is when I was playing um Dark Souls 3 and uh you know Yoel you know (laughs) um I just love that there's that beautifully Tolkien adjacent, like Gondor, Londor, you know? I just love oh, yeah. it. It's just all of these little touches. It's so respectful. It takes it things in its own direction, but it's just that little tip, you know, hey. Uh, and just like how Tolkien himself was tipping his hat to scandinavian myth and so it's like all right and then doing his own thing i love it it's great part of that lineage um so frankly again if we're going to just kind of do some mind's eye cinema hyping for people is uh very well we might we might very well find that uh, elden rings world uh takes uh, a bit of its uh eld sibling you know elder scrolls uh, in that it has you know creatures and and uh um creature like humans like we may even see oh okay well you know we have the the wolf faced species we have the lion faced species the raven faced species and all this and uh, that would add so much variety and as you said something i hadn't noticed again rewarding the close viewing and the deliberate pace of analysis is i hadn't thought of that of um yes, of uh, george r. r martin saying well i kind of do keep it in that war of the Rose is very his, almost historical with just the children of the forest. So peripheral is my chance, you know, like, ah, and I think he's going to ha- get to do that now with the um, house of the dragon, like, because that was set very much in the age of the dragon, like where there was a lot more magic in the world. So I think he's, he's sort of tired of not tired, but like, I think he, he needs a bit of a bit of a break from that over-realistic thing. He likes, he's gonna yep. with going to the fantasy. Um, and if you're wondering uh, with the earlier interview clip I played, how Martin was able to like just not say anything about Elden Ring at all he's the guy who kept the Red Wedding from people he's the ultimate keeper of secrets Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean so I think that's also might be why they're like you know spirit brothers like because Miyazaki withholds and so does Martin you know I love that they both their last names start with an M so cool um, yeah, well, and, and Albert, this idea that, uh, I mean, because
1: you could, I, I've it's interesting, because I've seen this taken both ways on Twitter and and Reddit in the last week, but Miyazaki confirmed that the game has six main regions, right? The lands between are broken into six distinct regions. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he also said that there were six of the demigods as well. That's true.
0: They're all, each yeah. roll
1: over one, you know, one respective region. Mm. And I I like, well, I, I guess to my original point that I saw some people pushing back on that. Like, oh, there's only six regions and there's only six bosses. And it's like, no, no there's gonna this... be tons of bosses. There's gonna be yeah. lesser bosses. Those are probably the six mm. big bosses. Um, you know, think about uh, you know the thrones and Firelink Shrine and DS3, right? We had mm. a couple main bosses in that game, and then tons of lesser bosses. Uh, yes. So I'm suspecting we're gonna have a similar situation in Elden Ring. But I I actually like the sound of that, especially with Martin's involvement, him writing these demigods' backstories. Uh, this idea that these six characters will be built up like there will be real hype in the game their reputations will precede them i mean imagine once you finally encounter them Mm -hmm. and it's time for the boss battle uh you know not at all to suggest that you know bosses don't have great lore and are built up in the previous soulsborne games but this could be really really special
0: it really could and and just tying into the show that sin was just on the legacy of kane podcast we had daniel kabuko the art director of uh, and lead enemy designer you know he's involved in those very formative titles again sharing that name of soul soul reaver we wouldn't have soul reaver we wouldn't have like this sense of the, the grandiose and the gothic uh, you know that we're we're so in love with now with the soul series without that and um talking about boss enemies whose reputation recedes them that you launch off of from a hub area so i'm presuming you've played soul reaver before uh, in the past if you haven't that's okay uh the original 1999 one i haven't no that's okay uh you will i'll send you a clip or something but basically you would meet with this hub hub being you know just like how we have you know uh, people who hang out at Firelink Shrine, or whatever. Let's just say there's a an entity mm-hmm. there, and they would say, "Oh, this Lord, this uh, this entity, this uh, this creature. This is what is said of them. This is what is uh, whispered of them, and and uh, it is rumored that da da da." And it's so, and but that's that's like mentioned around the fire in this sort of Firelink Shrine kind kind of environment. And as you go along, you encounter these. And basically, the, there are mini bosses that lead up to this grand encounter of this ruler of this uh, dilapidated realm. That uh, then it's it's it is a, basically what you're saying, Tara, which I agree with. Is like when you meet a rune bearer, it's going to be a moment because you will have spent, you know, in in, in the in the order of almost. You know, for me, I'll be going very slow, so for like maybe even like ten hours or so, collecting, fighting, all that stuff, like many, many hours worth of just anticipation into meeting each of them, reading lore notes, for example. Like, and again, mm-hmm. Terry, you said it. It's like we get the gift now of, uh, even though we do enjoy the uh, speculation out there from the Smoot towns and the Silvermonts and the um, uh, the Mitchells and the Vatis, uh, of speculating what the connections were. But imagine if mm-hmm. for Dark Souls three suddenly. Miyazaki pulled you close and say, I'm going to tell you about the dancer's childhood. I'm going to tell you about, and then like, we actually are going to hear more about them. They won't just be, there'll be still some crypticness, but that's mm-hmm. going to be very different compared to other Souls titles, you know? That's going to be rad. Just like yeah. hearing more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I
1: I can't wait. Yeah, because so much is left to the imagination, which which I've always loved, and and you know that ambiguity is going to remain in, in Elden Ring, but yeah, I mean, there's those connections between, you know, pontiff sullivan and and in the dancer and and everything that was going on in ds3 but i think here you know martin's touch could be really key and could make these battles the combat these moments in the game feel that much more special i think it'll be great i love this idea of six bosses six regions uh and and i'm i'm with you albert i like we talked in the last episode i'm uh, one to speed run a little more and really focus on combat. But I think my first playthrough of Elden Ring, I mean, unlike the previous games, I'm just going to meander. I am going wow. to putz here, around, take my time. Like, <laughs> I want that first playthrough to just be fun and exploratory. And uh, I, I want to just do something not because oh this is fast and efficient but because i don't know look at that building over there I, what what's that all about i'm gonna yeah. ride over there and then you know finding something along the way and the secrets and loot and you know i
0: oh it'll be i can dig it great. man what yeah. has happened miyazaki uh, who, who are you and what have you done with my co-host Terrapop? like to <laughs> a combat man talking about like i'm just gonna meander it's like you've changed yeah. people yeah miyazaki so okay cool well I don't think I've ever stayed at a gauntlet more, and I'm very grateful that it is this gauntlet that I've stayed at the most in my entire life, but let us press <laughs> to the to the next shot. A bit one, of one, no, I thought on that too, Albert. Sure. It, just you mentioning the water. Yeah. And, yeah. and obviously this
1: is a dank, dark area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that in Sekiro, we wake up at the bottom of the ashina reservoir that's what I, was and, I think a little bit of water like basically in like a well uh, kind of underground it's dark i i don't know that there's much significance there but it's just an interesting parallel mm. that's if it. this yeah. is the beginning of elden ring
0: it, it is and frankly it, it is that there is that there's all the telltale signs for that and what i what i love here is that he did get to do his derisone you know he did get to do his sekiro so he's actually happy to it's like after you know you've it's not like he's back to work, and this is you know oh, his sort of nine to five. Is creating the Western fantasy? <laughs> no, like you can see, he's elated that he's making this, especially with the the brand new components. I think, frankly, he's more excited than than of any other quality than just as he keeps intoning, is this this culmination you know of all the experiences he's learned with you know and he said right there in the interview it's like if there was any doubt he's like oh yeah breath of the wild inspired us with the yeah it's like, of course you know because growing up mm-hmm. on zelda and stuff um yeah i can really dig that for sure so pressing on here we go on to the next shot okay it's elden ring the second shot this is me getting Kujima tastic Eldon, and then second shot, ring. <laughs> we have a ring <laughs> right there. We're looking at it, and it is her. It is, I call her the cloaked maiden, you know? Right. Yeah, uh, simple as that. Uh, I, I think, uh, frankly, I, I do believe that is Yakul. I do. I, there's just such a similarity mm-hmm. in Fur Tone that, uh, yeah, that's kind of what it, it vibes to me as, man, definitely. Um, do you think
1: she's bringing Yakul to us? Oh, yeah. Do you think this is her gifting the mount to the player character?
0: He's our, she's our, build, uh, you know, our build a pony, you know, like she's coming with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and well, Albert, what do you make of our, you know, enigmatic
1: maiden, very casually sitting atop the mount, brushing its mane mm. with a visible band on her ring finger?
0: Mm. Um, so, very you know,
1: it, is it the Elden ring? Is it a simple piece of jewelry? Uh, it will what definitely do you
0: be more. It will definitely be more than what it seems. Uh, as we know, there's rings of power in uh the lord of the rings and then you know the hey, lesser rings yeah yeah the lesser rings uh and then in the um the ring cycle as well the Nibelunglied. i think i might be saying that wrong who knows uh german taking from the scandinavian um stories about rings and for me uh she has you actually have now a lot of people mowing their lawns bringing their kids to school whatever like studying you've just made them perk up because it's like hang on a minute Hell on, like she's she has some relation to potentially the creation of the rings maybe who knows again i could be embarrassing myself in like later next year like yeah he would he was way off it, it was straight up just a ring bro it's like but at this stage i think just because of how sort of Deliberate that is to just so feature it so prominently, and uh, yeah, yeah, it seems odd. This game is
1: called Elden Ring, and one of the yeah. first things we see is a woman wearing a ring. That's so. Right. Uh, I can dig it. um, but it's it's interesting, you know, because the Elden Ring we're told is the source of this Erd tree seen mm. later in the trailer, and that makes me wonder: is the Elden Ring a small band, you know, much like the mm. One Ring from Middle Earth, or is the Elden Ring? more conceptual, more abstract in nature. What do you make of that?
0: I frankly think it is abstract and conceptual. And, and it's interesting, Tara, uh, it, it, that was stated, I think it was actually explicitly stated um, in 2019 by Miyazaki where he said, no, it's it's more of a concept. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just heard like a, two weeks ago or something, that someone just said, oh, yeah, it's a physical band, not not from the makers of the game, like someone, it was like some streamer being like, so, and just saying the words, so we know that it's physical, and so we know, and I was like, no, (laughs) I think it's still, uh, uh, you know, um, there there may be a component of there being certain rings like the Pillars of Nosgoth, again, just because I'm off of, coming off of, Legacy of Cain. That uh, there is this concept of the ring we see on the back of the Valkyrie's uh, cloak. Uh, depiction of the Erd tree. Which etymology check Erd, uh, Old English uh, for um, earth. German also nature as well. So Elden Ring, natural, or er, so as in El, uh, Erd tree is natural mm-hmm. tree. It's it's very just. It's a very root, root kind of rooted name there um, etymologically. Um, Yeah, Albert, I
1: have that Xbox.com interview quote right here where he was asked, Miyazaki was asked, what is the meaning behind the title? Miyazaki says, Elden Ring is the name given to a mysterious concept that defines the world itself. Thank you. So he's not saying, oh,
0: it's a simple piece of jewelry. He's saying
1: it's a concept.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so then I just want to say to maybe streamers tuning into this, like maybe just go over uh, in the shade or anything. It's like, you know, it's tempting again to just want to solidify certain elements but Mm -hmm. you know i especially when the creator themselves has has made a a declarative statement about just the complete opposite just go off of that i reckon with with because it's it's and frankly it's more interesting to me and as i was mentioning Mm -hmm. with it's it appears very briefly on the 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 valkyrie's cloak we see the earth tree and then we see this this kind of arc uh, which does resemble like just sort of the arc of like a ring of some kind sort of encircling it and and um with the way that trees you know how they grow they kind of naturally have a bit of an arc to their canopy and so i see it symbolically and we see it later as sean pointed out in his breakdowns is the thing that encircles everything potentially related to the guiding grace you know um is uh oh sorry the greater will i keep calling it the guiding grace which i'm now going to use for the quantum myth is like great no worries (laughs) londor gondor baby you know um (laughs) But yeah, so now the greater will I think might have some some relation to to the Elden Ring, this ring that keeps things together. It's like. You know, that right. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, and and it's
1: interesting in that website text on the Elden Ring website, you know, we're being told that our mission is to basically reassemble and brandish the Elden Ring. So when you think about it that way, you think, okay, it's, you know, it's it's Frodo putting a ring on his finger. But it's like, Mm. well, perhaps not. And yeah, Miyazaki is almost I don't want to say he's been contradictory here, but it's uh it's mysterious. And I like Mm. that. We don't exactly know at this
0: point. It is, yeah, exactly. And um for me, uh, when I so okay, so I'll give you something that we can then you know it'll either stick or it'll it'll drop. Is uh, so there are these rings that uh, potentially we might actually find out that this lovely character here may be one of Marika's children. She might be again, again. I she's literally cloaked. Let's always remember that it's like mm. sometimes hidden in plain sight is we just find out. You know, we've never had, for example, Elden Ring also represents. Uh, you know, a, a pivot—not like a complete 180, but a, a little bit of a pivot into new territory for Miyazaki in relation to the Western fantasy setting, and just playing on some of his known tropes, just to subvert a bit. You know, in a way that sort of—I uh, think overwhelmingly—it will just—it is Miyazaki unleashed in many ways. But frankly, if there was going to be a game where the—you know—the doll had some allusions to Maria and and all that, again, it's all us speculating. But to have a declarative like a definitive moment in this story where again seven or eight tenths the way through she's someone she's suddenly and the the cloak comes up you know chic style you know from zelda that she actually
1: reminds me of when we first see zelda in twilight princess and her cloak in the castle it's very reminiscent of of Mm -hmm. that yeah and i and i do wonder if there will be a chic moment here that's interesting like is she i don't know is she the queen right is she related to the queen is she uh, Albert, I mean, do you do you think the maiden is going to play a similar role to the Firekeeper of Dark Souls Three or the Doll in Bloodborne? I mean, Miyazaki has said that eventually a hub world does become available within the game world. You know, I wonder if that's where mm. we'll we'll find the maiden. But yeah, I, I, I'm just wondering yeah. what's her motivation? Why is she seeking out the player character? A tarnished? Why does she want us to go reassemble and mm. and brandish the Elden Ring? Uh, what's what's your read on this right now
0: Hmm. so my read is that as we're being led to make the connection uh of her fulfilling the firekeeper role uh that will apply but i think just again with the cloak with her being on the horse these are all just subtle art direction stuff where it's like okay well that's we've never seen a maiden arrive just in this way where like on the horse and like obviously we've been brought back like with uh the the doll you know in that sort of healing thing where we kneel to her so there's that difference but i think there's never been a more authoritative like i'm not only like here for you but i'm bearing you forth on the quest usually uh the maiden is is ancillary to the side you know the emerald made it they're they're not someone that gives Mm -hmm. you the quest there's usually something else and Miyazaki in the interview said like the whole point is it's the earth tree calling you back but so I think if she's like the voice of the earth tree or something potentially but the main thing for me is yes she will fulfill that role but it'll be more like she and she will appear but not all the time at this uh at this hub location she'll be more like a gandalf mm-hmm. figure like appearing and then disappearing delivering some story then going because she is putting things in motion presumably she might be even contacting other tarnished you know across the different You know who knows when the Elden Ring shattered which I also love this from Bloodborne is who knows how many versions of reality were shattered and like each of us is a tarnished in our respective reality that she's going between you know Zvartelheim style you know like needing to make sure that uh, everything by January 21st is arranged in a certain way if we're going to go fourth wall breaky with uh, some never-ending story there she's like someone who is able to yeah I, I think she will be you know to use that word I love the word furtive like she is mysterious like and I think um yeah we well, have the f- well, benevolent it sounds benevolent. like you're, you're thinking yes. benevolent, though. G- Gandalf which is he is mysteriously mm-hmm. benevolent you know and uh yeah so that is my take on her is that she will fulfill that role but not as you've traditionally just like Elden Ring is like yes Elden Ring is uh fantasy western dark all that that you've known from Dark Souls but it is also different and I think the way in which she will be different is that she won't just have a um just sort of static, just stays in, in in the, you know, always reliable, always there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she will have more of, an ele- more of an element that reflects the open world, which is that, what is the op- open world? Dynamic, you know, unexpected weather changes, unexpected night, night, day stuff, you know, with enemies, certain um, dynamic qualities. So I think she will reflect that dynamism. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Good. Yeah, <laughs> no worries, man. And that, for me, is personally hyped because I love... Like, Gandalf is one of my... Um. Not, I know that, like, oh, Alba, look at you running off on your presumption. She may even just straight up be the Shrine Maiden, just static, you know, and no more than, like, an extended piece of just the set of this hub area. I don't... I frankly don't think so. I think she... Uh-huh. Especially for someone who opens and closes the trailer, narrative-wise, you know? As oh, you said, yeah. like, brandish the Elden Ring. So she has this power to her. And I think with with Gandalf like there's that there's that sense that he's there for them but then if he has to go he has to go and uh I even believe that it hasn't been revealed yet but as we saw later in the trailer there is a moment of you sort of kneeling to this other being this masked being to receive some blessing so maybe it's a case where now we don't have any longer one single figure who we go to to like Mm. level up it's actually going to be maybe these masked beings or maybe different npcs that we can you know um and but we'll come to that in in the coming shots but yeah any riffs
1: on what i just kind of uh, put out there yeah I, I like those thoughts and and i would say i i'm sensing something similar like versus her being a static shrine maiden maybe yes. popping up in in the world you know kind of chic style or yes. you know i i thought an interesting moment in dark souls 2 is when you encounter the emerald herald on the bridge to dranglet castle and it's like oh whoa she's here what what's she doing here and and so you know imagining that but on the next level even more unpredictable uh in an elden ring it could be very cool i mean something uh, just to Go, you know, a little crazy yep. with speculation yep. here. Mm-hmm. You know, Bloodborne fans sometimes speculate about the doll's nature as well mm-hmm. as her role in each of the game's three endings. You know, some believe she's simply kind and helpful. Some believe she is devious and actually imprisons the player character in the dream. Others believe she is a great one. Uh, we know Germain, mm-hmm. her creator. Uh, as you just mentioned, based her design on Lady Maria, who mm-hmm. butchered the villagers of the fishing hamlet. So make of that what you will. I'm not sure mm-hmm. which explanation resonates most with me, but I always appreciated the slight ambiguity and room for interpretation there. Mm-hmm. and And you know, based on what we know about the tarnished, them being exiled and now guided back to the lands between,
0: mm-hmm.
1: are we good? or evil or somewhere
0: I put that in the there, middle. Yeah. And
1: and and what about, you know, the Elden Ring again? And and You know, Middle-earth, the One Ring is a metaphorical vice. It's a potentially Mm -hmm. corruptive source of power that essentially no one can manage. Even the hero characters like Boromir and Frodo are tempted by its power. Mm -hmm. So knowing that Martin and Miyazaki are so influenced by Tolkien, it makes me wonder what the implications are here and what we're gonna see in Elden Ring with the ring, with the Mm -hmm. maiden. Uh, it it makes wants wonder. to be
0: found, you know, it wants to yeah. be made. And who knows if Marika was this idealistic figure who wanted to make sure that's a, that's a, that's a, you hear about that, of the idea of in Hellboy even or whatever, like in the, in the, in the in the graphic novels is we, we took pieces of this dangerous thing and we scattered it, tenet, I guess, even, you know, spoilers or whatever. You take this dangerous thing that cannot be destroyed. And just to make sure that it ceases to have this, um, hold over the world maybe the Elden Ring was suffocating its inhabitants and and was this tyrannical thing and that we you know Marika was this liberator and she entrusted each piece to her children to make sure they never fell in the hands of a tarnished again and simply this voice uh potentially guiding us this woman here who knows um is she could be a Loki figure who's just getting a kick out of putting all his oh let's <laughs> let's get them let's get the world set up for that sort of sort of destruction again I'm getting bored let's uh bring some tarnish back let's have a bit of fun um so it, <laughs> it could be any any number of those things but I personally love the the perspective shift and with what um Miyazaki does with his character designs there's always a narrative to it a narrative purpose to it which is that m- mixture of Beauty and ruin, and and uh, you know re- revulsion and tragedy, and tragedy, which is you know with Ludwig, you know. So I mm-hmm. could imagine this uh, many armed king having a very, uh, you know, Gascoigne, for example. I think is a masterwork of the the pitiable and and the horrific, you know. So a mm-hmm. mm-hmm. little little bit of a hypening thing for people listening. I I, I believe we've only seen one. I think I think the uh, the many armed king is the only that they've only revealed one of these big six like the and he's literally big that you can see there's a certain ratcheted up level like okay so we have the centipede king but again he's a bit lighter and, and he's obviously certainly terrifying and then the massive colossus which i believe he just he's smacking like the tasty smacks of a, a world area boss like a wandering boss like a mm. adamantois if you will from final fantasy uh, 15 so you just sort of you as you're clopping clippity clopping along it's like oh fuck it i'll, I'll try and take down that enormous wandering colossus for the eighth time and then you know giving that a crack again uh so yeah um i think we've only seen one is that is that surprising to you that i say that uh not necessarily no i i I think that's a fair
1: call i i don't know what to make of the apparent bosses we see in the trailer uh the red-haired lady you know Mm -hmm. our uh yeah the the panther or lion the i think the many-armed king he he could maybe be one of the six and maybe the only one of the six we see mm. i think that's a fair guess okay you no know, there miyazaki is uh withholding more than he's showing us in this yeah. trailer as epic as the trailer is
0: <laughs> absolutely 1000 percent. and yeah i i actually need to re- re-update that post because i will say look up based on having just i guess had this podcast epiphany i was like yeah no no there's a certain level of monstrousness of that character that tells me that actually, and the scale, that just tells me, oh yeah, you just know. It's like it's some, you know, it's something in game design a bit. It's like, oh, see, there's a, there's a certain level of detail to the to the to the model, uh, certain aspects that just tell you, okay, actually, that that's a boss, right? They're like a big boss, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, big time. Uh, and and yeah, so with Valkyrie. Um, she, again the thing is people have to remember it's like there are going to be bosses but the rune bearers are like the big like the super huge ones in fact there's i think uh, i think people will, will very quickly shed this idea of like oh you know it just means um that the rest of mini bosses no 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 like there are going to be even sometimes maybe more challenging bosses than a rune bearer like like that that colossus for example leaves to mind um the uh, the vagabond creature which speaking of like the you know dynamis the hypothetically um uh, but i i, I believe you're, you're onto something there with this dynamically appearing maiden maybe that vagabond type creature with that sort of sort of because it's I, I call him like the fungal lord or something like his face is all just antlers and, mm. and mushrooms and stuff it's I could see him just being this Yiga clan type thing which just dynamically appears and then the closest entrance is fog gates and you have to fight him there and then you know you, you again that random encounter type thing uh potentially you could read this uh, in your mind's eye later <laughs> in February March next year Oh, yeah so the the fungal lord um when the player character is close to a set of ruins uh and where it is likely for them to be trapped if they can't boom he's like he's more likely to to strike there to make the boss arena there um that's gonna yeah. add such an interesting because basically what that does is something with Midir, for example with other bosses like you know gascoigne with the the graveyard. We, as players in that one, the hunter, like they can use, they can they can set their watch to those gravestones to to get to put something between you and him. But what if Gascoigne were in an open world and he caught you where there is no gravestone in sight? You have to change, like you have to alter your strategy, combat wise. So this is a little bit of a terapop thing. I would throw you away. <laughs> what do you reckon about that? Yeah, and see the
1: fungal lord, he's he's one that I it's like I don't know, is he a demigod? Maybe not. But mm. I mean, think about some other bosses like maybe like Velstat from Dark Souls two. Mm. Uh, You know, he's large, he's intimidating, he is protecting King Vendrick from some greater evil taking the throne, but he's not, you know, like the most important boss in the game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it, it could be deceiving. I mean, what, what makes one of these demigods a demigod? It, it, we might be surprised. They might all be huge, like the multi-armed king, or maybe something else that we haven't even thought of yet. I'm not sure. I do know the Fungal Lord, though, looks sick. And I think we talked, <laughs> that about, was... that. We talked about that in the last podcast <laughs> yeah. and I just kind of geeked out. But that was the moment the trailer where I was sold. It's like, yeah. oh my God, this passes the eye test. I cannot
0: <laughs> wait for this fight. I, I just want to say, uh, I'm going to give you a little vignette. Just imagine this like an Oscar, you know, like submitted for an Oscar or whatever, like short film. Okay. So, and it's like, you you don't learn until the end. So just imagine Japanese, you know, you know, mid thirties person getting out, getting ready. And like go, they go to their office and it's, it's not, it's not alluded to where they go. They sit down and then their eyes light up and they're like, I get to be a from software boss designer. (laughs) Like that, (laughs) like, like honestly, they're spoiled. Like, like look at the move sets they get to do. Look at the, the phases. Like it is honestly like it's, cornucopia uh, you know of of anyone who has ever been like you know i've just any time in zelda you know goma with the with the big eye like that Mm. you know the different phases like i'm sure people were like i want to i want to do that like i want to be part of like creating this you know tension building like oh and then your friends are next to you being like go 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 like you've got you know finding the hit boxes and stuff but frankly, when I saw that with the big scorpion tail, it's like that's gonna fuck me over really bad, really bad. Um, I think because we have created a safe space, it's important that I hopefully—I mean, I don't think you would, but you wouldn't like hang up or anything on me if I were to tell you that <laughs> that I that man I have bashed my head against these these games. You'll you'll find you probably know what I'm leading up to. Um, I got very close-ish. I would say about six. 60% of the way through Bloodborne. Um, I've never finished a FromSoft game. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I have had... Because I'm doing the podcast all the time, man. If you put the two together, it actually... Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's just... I was fucking doing that Sekiro. And I loved it. I loved going into the Mibu village. I loved it so much. And I was like... And I asked myself. I was like, okay, no, no. I, I know I promised that I would finish Sekiro. But this fucking guy with his lightning, with his fucking... Over and over again, and I looked up tutorials, and I just kept, and I just like I gotta get faster with this one place with this one reflex, and I just because there's Genichiro, the more- Genichiro
1: on the roof with the on lightning. the roof on the roof, which is which is yeah. when
0: like it's almost where, where where things kind of shift and pivot, and then it goes from there. And, that's and, when the game
1: gets real for sure. that's Exactly, Genichiro gets
0: real. Yeah. It gets really yeah, and it is that like hey, and I did you know I loved the parrying with the the giraffe character like I was like oh my god I'm really good at this shit I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it and then would not give a fuck about me and just wiped every surface with my face it's like you know what actually there's a surface i haven't wiped with your face grinds me into a fucking pulp and and at one point i was like you know what i'm an ore. i love it but i really really do have things to do like i have i have a podcast network i got work and you know what i'll do is i'll just i'm putting this on in the background with uh you know some uh you know I, I watched the, the full like cinematic and the 4k and everything and I just fell in love and everything it's like I give it a fair go but I am not about that like oh you know what hey he didn't even finish it he's not even it's like hey you know if take it take two on Albert's life where I did have that time man you know I would like I fucking I would so do that because it just is about getting that mechanical you know uh rhythm and stuff however when hopefully i can find co-hosts that just do this thing on their own i'm actually again going around planting seeds and i can do that thing of sitting back and like okay cool excellent man i'm gonna fucking finish these games myself i'm gonna do it you know and well, uh, i mean
1: i i've i've heard you know i've heard stories of people spending four or five years beating yes thank you know you. one time and, it, and it's like i i think it's like I don't know. A lot of people, like I said, I'm I'm definitely not, you know, competing for world records or anything like that when it comes to speed running. I, I speed run Demon Souls, Dark Souls three, and Bloodborne primarily. Mm. And and you know, there's, I mean, there's definitely some snobbery that comes with that. Not from everybody. Certainly not from everybody. Mm. But I mean, yeah, there's some people be like, okay, you, you know, you haven't beaten uh, Garmin, you know, in the garden and, mm. and therefore like you, you know, you have no license to even speak about
0: bloodborne. So it's like, you, yeah, you uh, can't. yeah. Look at you. Oh, no, out. I mean, and I, and
1: I certainly don't feel that way. And I understand, I think on, you know, it's almost like sports. It's, it's like athletics. I think there yeah. are some people who have that sort of fast Twitch, you know, coordination with the controller or with the mouse and keyboard
0: Yeah, and,
1: and it clicks or just the time, because I know, man, the first time I played Dark Souls, uh, you know, Dark Souls one in 2011. Uh, A friend recommended it to me. He was like, he like pulled me aside in the hallway of our university. And he was like, man, I got this new game. It's called Dark Souls. He's (laughs) like, it's insane. He's like, you have to get it because I cannot beat it. (laughs) and i didn't even understand what he was talking about so i go get the game you know we do the summons he was on orange the ornstein boss battle so that was like i had to like grind the game up until that point i was terrified the whole way through it took me like you know weeks to get to that point and then we're both getting owned in that boss battle i was Mm. terrified man i played those games for years hiding behind shields poking running dying like so I totally get it. And it, it really does just take time. You know, it mm. takes time. I know. Understanding the AI, understanding all the weird RNG you might get in a given <laughs> you know optimizing uh, your yeah. build you know the the weapons you're using it's uh i mean it, it's not easy it's definitely uh, the, uh, easy. I, There's what no i will shame say and yeah
0: no exactly and the, and, and i want to also give that safe space to people and that's why i felt it is you know it's important to kind of to cover off on that stuff obviously miyazaki and games in general i'm going to talk about this in october about how i want people to recognize like just you know you should never feel excluded like and if they do their snobbery thing it's like that's just it more mm-hmm. just reflects on them as a sad thing that they feel like have to impose that and gatekeep and I'm, we're not about that we're very accepting I'm glad I that's why I felt up like combat master whatever like like you you <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't hold that over me or anything and you can no hook, no hook and i hope you weren't I, worried it, yeah. like <laughs> you were hiding some deep dark
1: secret and i was going to judge you but no no and because yeah. man i i i love hearing about people who have grinded these games for years and it's like oh my god i just beat bloodborne for the mm. first time in like 2021 and it was amazing and yeah. you know i died 700 times and <laughs> you know i couldn't beat the wet nurse and like nightmare phase just wrecked me every time and like because i get all that and mm. and i've only gotten efficient at some of these games because i've i have played them so much and i put that time into them so mm. and and i think there's just different kinds of from soft fans out there you know there's people who tend to appreciate the lore and aesthetics a little more but they're not that proficient you know with the combat and that's like no big deal and then you mm. have people who speed run these games but they're not taking time to read the item descriptions because who cares i'm just trying to optimize my character so exactly it's and, and and it's all valid. It's all it's all fair. And I you know I conceded to that in the last episode. I'm I'm definitely more combat focused, and I, I have blind spots when it comes mm. when it comes to lore. So yeah, no no shame at all. In no definitely, worries. Definitely a safe space. Yeah, for anybody Thank listening you, to yeah. this, whether you fall on that lore side or on that combat side mm. uh, it's you know it's all good but uh albert I, I i will tell you you have to beat elden ring though. well no no no. i, I, I was about I to, say. to say you don't,
0: have, I don't but frankly <laughs> if I, I have to said, help you beat elden ring you will you're and you beat will elden ring. You'll not only be there with for me as a friend in the podcast and like commenting and then actually in elden ring itself but i've actually i think i said it yesterday it's officially been said but i will restate it i am fucking finishing elden ring like i will fi- <laughs> i will roll as they say roll credits on Elden Ring, you know what i mean? Uh i um and then
1: you'll have newfound confidence to go back to
0: DS3 to go back
1: to Bloodborne to go back to Yichiro on the rooftop, right? Cuz you've just yeah. slayed the multi-arm king. multi at and his lightning.
0: Yeah, get out of here. Exactly. And so then i cuz i love that. The thing is i love that side. It's just it's it simply comes down to a factor of time and and i and i got really good at like i i'm so confident with like Bloodborne i can go in. It's not i'm not a, like a dilettante. like i can hack it with there. I got to, you know, Shadows of Yharnam good fucking Witch of hemwick get the fuck out of here i'm I'm dominating and loved it you know i love that aspect so i'm not completely removed from that so if anyone's starting to kind of build judgments about it it's and but frankly you i i i I ask anyone who if there was someone who's like you know what i played it once honestly i just can't but i love the lore i would never actually ever gatekeep on that person if they Mm -hmm. if they started a damn podcast and said you know what Hi there, I am insert person's name or whatever. I tried that. I love seeing play them. I love watching people struggle. I love the culture of keep trying and stuff, you know? But I just personally, da-da-da-da. I'd be like, safe space, safe space. I think you and I, for that hypothetical person, would be like, totally watch your day, watch your playthroughs and stuff and no like get good or, or anything. But when you're coming over, have a party, we'll give you the controller. I think it'll be a fun time, you know? And like a huge mm-hmm. part for me with Bloodborne was if you can imagine like 2015 I don't know I was like you know mid late 20s or whatever and, and I was like I thought I'd experienced all of my certain levels of like anxiety or fear while any participating in any media and we haven't even fucking talked about the potential of, uh, not even potential like what will be with audio the tempest audio ps5 whatever you know bloodborne i mean i'm playing it i'm haptic feedback haptic feedback in the dual sense i oh i can't wait (laughs) in in bloodborne i I, like it would be a legitimate factor to how i be i was able to fight because like like it would just be like it would it would affect my playing because of just how fucking mortifying but like and i learned at some point to, you know what yeah this is completely horrifying i'm 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 going against all of my instincts of like that thing is making a noise that no thing ever should make and i should by all rights stay the fuck away from it these grasping hands and stuff but man i say it i said it last but i will say i said it last episode i'm gonna say it again i am going to roll credits i'm going to finish elden ring i will complete the ring there you go yeah. Yeah, yeah um and then yeah step through that ring and then fucking slay every from self game for sure <laughs> um shot number three buddy we are coming up to the one hour and a half and we are only six seconds into our fifteen second. <laughs> this is see what i mean we're having fun man it's good it's good okay so one lovely little pat there that she goes and then shot number three uh i guess credits from software and bandai namco this is obviously i have to i have to mention it because collectively mm-hmm. if you would have bottled Terror bottled the collected feelings of relief, catharsis, insanity, complete overwhelm, and joy, and like put it into an orb. Like that orb could save humanity. Like the amount of gratitude that this fucking Canadian man <laughs> was able to generate. It's such a Canada move. I just want to say that in the best way. Like, it's like, yeah, let's unite people over like you know three rows of text and an ampersand in the middle it's like from software and bandai namco i'm sure it played in slow motion in people's minds and then you know the slow like yes like that you know um i have to every every shot of this trailer deserves that that yeah what did you reckon, man?
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that's what we were talking about in the last episode those title cards i mean that made it real yeah you know that first shot with the horse and the gauntlet it's like well I, I think this is it, but also, yeah. who knows? This kind of looks like Dark Souls 3, but I don't know. And then mm. that title card comes up, and yeah, I gasped audibly.
0: And uh, Tara? I, was, I,
1: yeah. I, I I couldn't believe it, you know, after all the hype and the, the memes and the nonsense and the tweets and the wondering and the wishing, and then bam, there's that title card.
0: Yeah, man. And guess what? The editor was like, oh, yeah, I could have put this one first. And just like <laughs> immediately, no, horse first horse yeah. maiden and ring first okay <laughs> yeah. you know allusions to older as in medieval medieval elden right there with the the buckle in the horse okay elden and then ring and then fucking shot number 3 is the goddamn 10 second mark where again collectively people oh yeah I want to talk about the particles but that might just be a particle effect i don't know any lore stuff uh we do know about the the falling leaves of the earth tree but those seem like just atmospheric sparks i don't think we have to mm-hmm. dive into those you know onto and then <laughs> you know the way that it works with us is like <laughs> a year from now it's like those sparks were so important like nah, okay. <laughs> um but no no we're on uh, second 12 and 13 which is a very very brief shot it's, this is like whoa, who am I? am I and like where am i and it's like from black black <laughs> from black books it's bernard black going have i joined a cult what's going on like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but as we tie off that yeah super quick and we end the, hey it's been put down 15 seconds buddy a new world created by Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R. R. Martin so there we are and there what do you
1: think about the music here you know you were mentioning the the Tempest audio a minute ago you know the the way in which this intensifying music juxtaposes with the maiden stroking the horse it's so unsettling like this game immediately gets under your skin
0: yeah dude Absolutely. Yes, exactly. I, Kitamura. I want to apologize. I was saying Yoko last time. It's because I, Yoko Shimomura, she's amazing. I love them. I want to keep track of all these amazing composers, but yeah, it's Yuka, uh, Kitamura. Um, man, I want to w- make whatever I need to happen. I'm actually working on a book, a couple books. One is a l- l- localization. So the people who the completely unsung amazing heroes who like sit down <laughs> with the Miyazakis of the world and they and the Hironobusakaguchis and the Shigeru Miyamotos, and they say, okay, let's adapt this these Japanese uh spellings, etc. And they write these lore books, you know? So hence localization is this you know, a payan to the unsung lawcrafters crafters that they, it's a job for them. Like with, I just launched the Vagrant Story podcast. We're going to go through that goddamn fucking script, that majestic Shakespearean interactive parable, that one. And wow. you go through, yeah, for sure. And, and, and you go through and uh, you get this appreciation for basically every every single component that's why people wonder it's like oh well you're paying so much attention to uh like lore or music and stuff and like it has to be mentioned but back to the music you mentioned man like and that's what i mean like with those interviews i want to get translator people do whatever i need to to speak with you know uh people who have uh you know I, I would, I'm I'm basically I'm compl- like, like Miyazaki, I am unleashed. We are going to get Miyazaki on this fucking podcast. Do you understand? <laughs> like it's going to happen. I, at one point there will be some amazing 8K, whatever unprecedented or, oh, and you see it in the headlines. First, ep- first, uh, you know, community show that uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki has agreed to be on boom. And it's you and I, and then there's that just translator thing. It's like, boom, like why the, f- I'll, I'll burn it, up. It'd on be death.
1: amazing to pick the brain of anybody, yeah. you know, yeah, inside yeah. from software. Mm. I mean, I, I think I shared with you a couple of days ago that I think it was Game Informer mm. uh, back in 2019 when Sekiro was coming out. That Game Informer interview with Yuka Kitamura, and she was just so modest about what she was doing. And the interviewer was like, "Wait, you, you played this instrument? You played this instrument? You were using your own voice?" And she's just like, "Yeah, yeah, like uh, no, you know, no big deal." Um, but I mean, this music—it was—it's interesting because I couldn't quite put my finger—the the trailer music—I couldn't quite put my finger on another piece from any of the 6 soulsborne games that feels exactly like this no. one it it's unique it,
0: is it unique. really
1: sets the tone and and here at the beginning uh, it's it's uh very eerie and atmospheric and another legend of zelda reference but it actually is to me a little reminiscent of the music that plays in the shadow temple mm. in the legend of zelda ocarina of time mm. uh
0: what do you what do you make of this music man i okay well I mean, I know about Yuka now. Obviously, thank you. And I like that that interview. Um, I had yet to dive into it, but this thing of her doing every instrument herself—that's um, oh, on another level. And and frankly, I'm just going to say it. Now you said I. You know, I don't know if you're a vinyl collector. I will finish Eldarling, but will you? And that could be you, Tara. It could be you listening. Will you get the very absolutely going to happen vinyl? soundtrack of Elden Ring that will have the Elden Ring symbol on it like come on like that's happening yeah um man this one it it grounds you it, it's very like yeah it's it's as you said unsettling it's like i just and i might even so in the edit i'll i'll play it's only 15 seconds in the edit i will um substitute i'll mute ourselves out so that they can hear it straight up so here we go snorting horse oof Ah, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, those pulses, you know? Yeah. And there we go. It, it, it's, if this maiden is benevolent, uh,
1: I don't know. This still feels like pretty serious business, sinister. doesn't it? It's sinister. It's yeah. sinister. And,
0: and I want to say, man, I'm getting some fucking fierce goosebumps. You know, goosebumps that are so much, that they're sharp, that they hurt. Like, holy fuck. When I was watching Fellowship of the Ring in 2001 or whatever, 2002, and I would hear the whisper effect of the ring, you know, like, I see mm. you, you know, it is hopeless and stuff. So I just felt when you, uh, you know, if I were to do it with this, I don't know if I had like, if I had like an ASMR type thing, you could hear that when you do that around a ring, it goes, Ooh, it makes a little, right, a little bit of a, an eerie kind of call. And I can't help but think that that possibly, uh, 50-50 for the purposes of Mind's Eye Cinema with these, you know, the gathering of shards. Um, but then also just pure speculation. I think that that could be the call the call of the ring. Maybe that might be a thing and, and wanting wanting you to, 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 to reassemble it, like calling to you. And you're absolutely right that in, in layering this very eerie music with a seemingly benevolent figure, you know, um, when I heard the leaked trailers music, it's it was it was fucking pixelated as fucked, but I felt a sense of doom to that. Like, da, 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 and then it falls again. It falls again. You know, it's like it's her best work that I've heard so far. Again, alongside everyone at From, like they're cutting their teeth on these things. They're bringing all of themselves to this new project. I think Yuka is absolutely bringing all of herself. I think she she sees the 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 Martin Joja Martin participation, but even more than that, she sees that it is there, I believe it'll be their fifth Souls title, right? Or their sixth? It'll be no, the fifth. And uh, um,
1: it, it would be six if you include Sekiro.
0: Oh yeah, okay, so the sixth, yeah. And so mm-hmm. taking it to the new level uh, in terms of symbolism and where to kind of, because I'm sure she's like, well, or, or
1: actually, rather, Elden Ring would be seven if if you also count uh, Sekiro seven. as a Soulsborne Soul, Soulsborn title. So it would actually be the seventh game, and I believe Yuka she contributed to bloodborne i honestly can't remember if she was on ds i think she was on ds2 bloodborne Mm. and then she was the main composer for ds3 and sekiro Mm. and just her range i mean think about what she did on sekiro and then Compared to Dark Souls 3, that's insane that that was yeah. the same composer. I, yeah, I can't wait to see what she does. And yeah, like you were alluding to, not just with the score, but with the general sound design mm. of this yeah. game.
0: Sound design and, and the idea that, look, hey, I'm sure, you know, Miyazaki took her aside with. If it was a dark souls if it was a secular and said yeah okay so with this one it is we're just it's just mood music and that's fine please create light motifs." Blah, blah, blah. but with this she, she said no no we're we're really working on incorporating a bit more story into this to the point where we have we want to have themes for each of the demigods we want to have marika's theme that weaves into them in that sense that uh um you know howard shore did where he would collaborate with peter in saying hey uh you know in creating music that wove in perfectly with the story um thematically and i would love for the tarnish to have a theme and for these to weave together i love the and that's um leitmotif that's tied into i I believe that is wagner as well like that he developed that which is the ring cycle you know so i don't know Mm, um mm. which is which is rad but uh my friends we have now closed this chapter All right, everyone, time to like (laughs) tucking all the tarnished in, like tucking them in for bed and then like, oh, tell us. That's all for now. That's all for now. Okay. So uh, for the next, um, uh, for the next one. My friend, um, <laughs> I don't know if we want to have a. We'll, they'll develop over time naturally. These uh, this, uh, the idea of segments of. Uh, normally here I would actually have a little bit of a section where I, I would read um, some feedback for the uh, the earlier one. This is uh, following um, and thank you <laughs> Duckfeed TV with your wonderful series of shows. Which again I'm I'm very liberal in 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 just being that that sort of nexus of hey please go see the Duckfeed TV. Folks, they're amazing. Bonfire side chat. Check out the law hunter who is, he actually had to go. Um, he's, uh, he's he's traveling at the moment, uh, but he is he's, he's committed to join. Uh, we have Katie Cakes coming up, uh Zozuba, an amazing artist over on um the uh subreddit. Sorry, not the subreddit, the, the Instagram who's joining us for um, I'm gonna mention the the chapter title here. Um so we have here, if you want to go, folks, um, just that's the, that's the outline there with the dates and everything uh we are doing so well we're doing well so far fingers crossed uh, with the, and you know maintaining it but again if anything comes up man you let me know we'll, we'll reschedule easily right on so the tarnished quest was last week the lands between this week next is ye dead who who yet live which we will be joined by katie cakes which will be very very fun after that, we have Emboldened by the Flame, where we will be joined by Zozuba. And from that point onwards, the various chapters, which I'm happy to let you read those, folks. If you, yes, you listening, would like, based on what you've heard, the vibe that we have on the show, could see yourself wanting to join on the Zoom, bring someone as well, if you like, or if you have these ideas for that particular segment. And it's very easy to figure out which of those it is. You just take the 15 seconds you kind of keep going from there and you say hey for the riftlands for example uh part eight i would like to because of this particular character this particular creature you say hey i have a lot of thoughts on the guy who has the gigantic jets coming out of his ears or this <laughs> giant guy the, the cyclopean you know the 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 oct the octarist like eight irises <laughs> this fucking, you know the, the the cyclops and stuff so if you have and this is, I figured, is that okay? Like, Tara, we may as well, like, people tuning in if they want to be part of it. Uh, are you happy to kind of see if people want to sort of, you know, lowly tarnish say, hey, I, I kind of want to jump in? You happy with that, Tara?
1: Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Ye lonely, uh, tarnished are welcome.
0: Absolutely. All lowly, tarnished are welcome. So, but that wraps everything up for this one. Uh, Tara, uh, where can people find you? Yeah, Terrapop Tweets is the handle on Twitter. Um, my
1: YouTube channel is just uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Terrapop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same for Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Terrapop, T-E-R-A-P-O-P.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and then what? obviously right
1: here, I guess every week on the Elden Ring podcast, you can't forget about that.
0: Absolutely. All of your links will be in the, in the description. And folks, I will reiterate, uh, so Terra that's the guy you know i bring i bring this thing from that nexus point of view of connecting people with uh you know the the various uh, i call them miyazakian soulsian or from softian whatever term you want to use uh, creators getting them all on on the main shows and having my own riffs there but these is this these guys you know uh, i have my mind's eye stuff but these guys are structured with their amazing sources of content and uh, uh we have structure of our own here but i just want to say like Man, I just wanna, like, it's important to really, really emphasize this. And I, you might be rolling your eyes again, but it's like, it's because I know, I'm I, I'm acting as that sort of, that voice, that combined voice of like righteous indignation is like, this man needs, it, right now, 10,000 subscribers, like tomorrow, like, like don't make me angry. <laughs> All 39,000 of you listening <laughs> need to go right now. Okay, so youtube.com forward slash Terrapop, correct? That's right. All right. So me, uh, you'll see it in the description. Um, I need to get more used to doing this, but basically patreon.com forward slash Albert Kesser supports the entire network. It's like a, a dollar if you want. Um, what that goes to is uh, basically making our way to being able to resolve any issues of scheduling, maybe do some streaming and stuff down the line, jumping away from like uh, the main gig as they call it. And the goal, which I am going to help, you know, tear up, up and, and, and and Lore Hunter, I want, all of these amazing Miyazaki and scholars, and like I said this, I said this to Katie Cakes. I I, I made a, a dedicated post saying this is what a streaming community needs to be about. Is the ultimate goal is to. <laughs> be paid to be who you are you know like as like to almost be paid for breathing and so there's people out there who we are in the streaming age uh i as part of my patreon i actually like to help guide people for that so when you're joining it's not actually a thing of oh you're just supporting me and it's like a one-way street it's like no it's actually an art collective it's called um uh, the council of resonance which is based on the quantum myth which i do it's a storytelling thing and um and so when you join i actually design you a symbol like and you actually become a character in this thing and you're assigned this kind of deific kind of entity and you actually physically become part of something you know so um and so i like to kind of i think that's the the way that it clicked for me tara is like Mm -hmm. i just i just wouldn't want people just to be like here you go and over with with tara and i I just, you know what i'm gonna do and like you might be like albert please it's like no here we go okay so (laughs) we're gonna go to your damn (laughs) we're gonna go to your damn patreon and i can edit or whatever but it's very important and i'm gonna actually do something where because i've just been in admin land and I want all of you, at least, you, you you know how some people like to kind of do monkey-see-monkey-do? I'm logging in right now, okay? Because I've got, you know, and you'll see, it's like you'll see, like, the Vatis and the, the Sinclairs and stuff. Oh, man, two-factor. Who needs that? At least it's quick now. Okay. Bringing it up. Boom. Here we go. Patreon.com forward slash Ateropope. I've been watching a lot of Epic Mealtime, and so I'm doing those kind of. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Albert, okay, so... while you're bringing that up, I would just say, too, like th- there
1: is a great community of smaller channels and streamers yeah, who is. are putting out truly top notch Soulsborne content. And any opportunity we would have to rope one of those people onto the podcast will definitely do, you know, to get their
0: perspective on Elden Ring. So, okay. So, right there, that's what it looks like. And I just want to say boom just do it okay so that's why we actually dedicated a little segment it's fun to um to to be like oh yeah no great well done it's like uh, ultimately it's that same thing of like you know you're going around the house you find a coin and it's like in the couch or whatever and it's like it's that that thoughtless you're just you're not even thinking about it. it's this unconscious sense of like I appreciate you for, for being in my life and doing this thing and so I I just have to yeah it's very very important I think energetically to be like hey you know when I was on so and so road trip and I listened to your four hour whatever or whatever it's like <laughs> I um I love supporting creators like that and that's why I am a terrapop patron okay so go and do it <laughs> right and I think my friend shall we fully close the term I know we closed it before but let's just wrap things let's up with it. this one let's do it all right folks until next time bye for now And now, and now, and now, we have to set up some template where I want to be able to chime in before like just dropping everything because I yeah yeah, buddy, that was fucking great. I had a fucking good time. I I I did too, man. I did too. Yeah, I'm surprised we went uh, what 150. Yeah, man. We were we were close to not even covering that first 15. Again, a credit (laughs) a credit to just the potential and and like we we it's not just uh, Miyazaki who who has been making this stuff for the past decade plus it's you and i have our minds are conditioned for all the directions the story can go into and i've got that kojima side of me as well with with where things can go but you dropped some amazing stuff on this one dude you know this and then you, the, you could, like the music stuff was incredible like yeah i had oh, to thanks, had to say it man. in the post i'm actually
1: in, in like full disclosure <laughs> i actually had a cycling accident a couple of days ago so yeah. i'm Yeah, I have a little bit of a back injury. So I did this episode on
0: Valium. Bro, and I'm, I'm I'm glad that you thought it sounded. Coherent. You sounded so lucid. Oh my God, you're in okay. you're in all kinds of dimensions right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. That's I'm tarnished cool. for sure. You are tarnished, man, and you're it um, buddy. I, I can chuck that at the end, right? I think people would dig that, being like, he did that all boom, like completely. oh I, Do you want me to cut it out? What do you What do you reckon? <laughs> no, you, if you want to throw it in there, you can. I have to. Thank you. You can. I I have no shame. It's <laughs> fine. No worries, buddy. All right, man. Till next one, I'll send you the details. But yeah. Uh, I'll see you next weekend, buddy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure, man. Thanks. Appreciate you. Appreciate the conversation. And yeah, look forward to next week.
0: Me too, brother. Bye. Have a good one. All right.
2: Bye. <laughs> Bye.